What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Tuesday, October 10th. It's hard to believe we're already at October 10th. The month is moving along. The year is moving along. Before you know it, it's going to be holiday time, Thanksgiving, Christmas. The lights will be up. Maybe they're already up. Halloween, that's only 21 days away. I don't know how many of you get scared for Halloween still. You got to go pick up candy to give out to the kitties. No pennies, no coins, no Bitcoin, just candy. And candy corn is acceptable. We're three weeks away from the time where the best candy should be handed out. And that is candy corn. And I'm not saying that to invoke some argument, I really believe candy corn is fantastic. I wonder if I can get any here in Medellin where I'm doing the show from. I'll have to go look in the supermarket. I went to the supermarket yesterday. Normally, I'll go to the supermarket to put in a parlay or something because the sports books here in Medellin, they're in the supermarkets. That's true. Maybe when the Hard Rock Sportsbook opens up, they'll put the kiosks and Publix and Winn-Dixie and Piggly Wiggly and uh, all the other uh, joints. That could happen. Who knows? Because if you're making a wager on Indian land regardless, where does it matter where you're betting it from, right? You could bet it from anywhere you want, at least in the state of Florida. I'll get more into that in a little bit. I don't want to get too sidetracked but I did go to the supermarket yesterday here in Medellin I I didn't get a parlay and I didn't look for candy corn I just bought some salmon and I cooked it last night while I watched Monday Night Football some salmon and broccoli a little healthy meal probably didn't help the tiramisu that I had after that probably washed out the uh, salmon and the broccoli but I need a little uh, sweets at night with some nice unsweet vanilla Almond milk. It's really good if you haven't tried it. In any event, that was my night last night. I cooked some salmon. I ate it. It was delicious. I posted a video and a picture of it on my Instagram story. It's still up there if you want to take a look. Maybe it'll get you to eating salmon uh, tonight with some broccoli or whatever it is you want to eat. And I was watching football and it was a great time. I love that I could do the show here. In Medellin, I love I could do it in Costa Rica and Vegas, and I'll be in Vegas uh, later on this year. There's a lot going on. I hope the Miami Dolphins are in Vegas in uh, February. I know a lot of you hope that. As I told you yesterday, I was getting a little ahead of myself looking up flights for February 10th and 11th. The Super Bowl is on February 11th. That's a Sunday. And on the 10th and 11th, American has the Dreamliner going there from Miami to Vegas nonstop. I I may have to um, purchase a ticket. I don't know if it'll be on that Dreamliner. I might go Miami to L.A. on the 777 and then L.A. to uh, Vegas. I'll see because it was like 400 bucks cheaper. And we're always trying to save money, aren't we? So we got football happening. We got basketball happening. We got hockey going on. We got baseball going on. Unfortunately, 
not with the Marlins. But I've been watching baseball. I'm going to be watching hockey. The Panthers get started in a couple of days, but the season, it opens tonight. Somebody I know had the um, the nerve, I'll keep it very clean. They had the nerve to text me last night saying, hey, I thought maybe you would be in Vegas to go to the Raiders-Packers Monday Night Football game and then the Golden Knights tomorrow, which is tonight, and watch them raise the banner. And I'm like, F that banner. The heck do I want to see that banner go up for? They beat the Florida Panthers to get the Stanley Cup in the banner. The heck with that banner. Hope the banner falls down. Doesn't hurt anyone. It's just a banner, but why would I care about the Vegas Golden Knights banner when they beat my team, the Florida Panthers? And I I will watch hockey early in the season. But it's hard after what we experienced this past season. It's hard to really get into it so early. And it's not just hockey. It's also basketball. It's not like the Heat got Dame. If the Heat got Dame, we'd be watching immediately, or at least I would. Will I watch it? Yes. Will I watch every single second? Probably not. It's a good thing and a bad thing. But when you see how the Heat got in last year and how the Panthers got in last season, doesn't it make the regular season a little less meaningful? And again, it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, your viewing interest, and I know there's diehards, but your viewing interest at least mine goes down a little bit. Like, okay, if the Heat lose this game or the Panthers lose that game, is it really going to be that big of a deal? You could say, hey, Andy, look at last season. They barely got in. If they would have lost that one game instead of winning that one game, they wouldn't have got him. And that's true. But I don't think we're going to be in a situation again where the Panthers will have two days to go and can they get in and the heat they'll have two days to go and then they'll have the play in game. And then the second play in game, just get in. That's what we've learned. Just get in. You don't need the number one seed. The Panthers got the number one seed and they were out. The heat got the number one seed and they were out. And then look at last season, Boston got the number one seed in the NHL. The Panthers beat them. Milwaukee got the number one seed in the NBA. The heat beat them. So the heck with playing for number one seeds and getting so tired during that time period where you're going all out to get that number one position. Forget all that. That's overrated. And we saw it with both of our teams this past season. Now, the Heat will be in action tonight. It doesn't count. It's a preseason game. But they'll be in downtown Miami. And the opposing team will be the Charlotte Hornets. Heat diehards will be at that game just because it's basketball and you miss basketball, and I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Heat diehards and Panther diehards, you want to go to every single game. And some of you do. So we've got hockey and basketball action this week. We got the Miami Dolphins. They're taking on Carolina and... 
There's a lot of news. Not so much a lot, but big news. You don't need a lot of news. You just need a piece of news that is big news, and there is that with the Miami Dolphins. Even though they're 4-1 in the top of their division, the injury news is concerning with Devon Achan. Just as things were getting going and you're like, wow, here we go. Devon Achan is injured and he's going to miss quite a bit of time. So I'll get into that discussion. Mario Cristobal, he's still around. He's trying to get his Canes team back to lock back in and focus after the biggest coaching blunder that I've ever seen. Probably the biggest coaching blunder you have ever seen. Yesterday, Mario had to face the music. He had to apologize, essentially, for a horrendous decision. He had to take accountability. How did he do that? I'm not going to let that topic go just yet. So I will get into it. The Mario Cristobal News Conference... The Devon Achan situation for the day after the day after a football being a Tuesday, the University of Miami and the Miami Dolphins have given me and all of you a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. Big discussions around the Dolphins and also the University of Miami football program. Before I get going, and I'm not saying like get going somewhere and turn off the microphone, but before I get the conversation going, I posted this on my social media today, and I want to tell you about it again. I told you a little bit about it yesterday, but I want to make sure all of you understand how big my monthly poker tournament will now be at the Hard Rock. There was a $10,000 guaranteed prize pool. It is now $20,000. You used to start with 20,000 chips. Now you're going to start with 40,000 chips. So it gives you more to play with, literally. The buy-in was 150. That's the only thing that has not been doubled. Instead of 150, it's 250. So it's 100 bucks more. There's $10,000 more in the prize pool, so the minimum amount will be twenty grand, and you'll start with 40000 in chips. My next poker tournament, the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament, it's next Tuesday night. Cards in the air at 6 p.m. You can now register until 9.30. So you got three and a half hours to get to my poker tournament to get in. You've got no excuse. It's in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood next Tuesday night. That's October 17th, $20,000 minimum in the prize pool, $250 get you in. Cards in the air at 6. You could register until 9.30 p.m. I hope to see a lot of you there next Tuesday night in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, and I will be doing my show from inside the poker room next Tuesday as well. When I mentioned the Hard Rock, 
And I mention gambling, wagering. I talk about poker. A lot of you want to know what's going on with the sports book. Trust me, I am trying to confirm some information. And the minute I can confirm it, I will go onto my X feed, formerly Twitter, and I will give you the Slater's scoop. And if I can do it here on the airwaves, I will do that as well. Right now, I cannot give you an exact date. I cannot give you an exact week. At least 100% wise, I cannot do that. The only thing I will say is this, because then I got to get on to the Dolphins and the Canes and so much more. If you're waiting to wager on sports in the state of Florida, you will not be waiting a whole lot longer. You want more info than that? What does that mean? Does that mean a month? Does that mean two months? Does that mean two weeks? I think, I believe, but I can't confirm this yet. I believe we're looking at a couple of weeks. I can't give you solid information just yet. But I know there's so many of you that want to know. And the only thing I could do is the best I can right now. And I don't like, I don't like putting out rumors. I'm not that type. This is, this is a story that has been really big. I broke the news to you the first time around when the app was up and running. I was the first one to do that. I gave you the Slater's scoop. And I 100% plan to do that again. It will be soon. Just hang on a little bit more because it will be soon from everything I understand. That's all I could say right now on that. All right, I have a lot to get to. Do I start with the Dolphins? Do I start with what Mario said yesterday? Do I start with the Heat and Panthers? No, I'll give you that answer right now. I got a lot of notes in front of me, a lot of information, and a lot of words. But I can't get to anything until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. We went from never heard of him to can't live without him. You know who I'm talking about? It's amazing how quickly someone can gain a reputation in sports. And I would argue if I brought up Devon A. Chan six weeks ago, the most educated Dolphins fans, they would know he was one of their draft picks. But the Average fan? Nah, I'm not so sure. In the last three weeks, starting with the Denver game, that's the game where he had four touchdowns. And then he had two TDs against the Bills. And then he had his long touchdown against the Giants. He had seven touchdowns in three games. He had over 150 yards rushing this past Sunday. Over the past three weeks, Devon Achan has made a huge 
name for himself. When he had that monstrous game against Denver, if you recall, that Monday, the next day, Devon told the Miami Dolphins, hey, it's Devon A-Chan. Everybody was saying A-Chain. It's Devon A-Chan. And the reason he probably told that to the Dolphins at that time, because he heard his name everywhere. It was an incredible game. The rookie comes out, he got four touchdowns. My name's all over the national news, sports-wise. Okay, yeah, we need to get this right. It's Devon A-Chan. That's how much of a name he made for himself. He had to correct everyone and say, hey, it's Devon Achan. Well, as Mike McDaniel began his news conference yesterday, he started off with a little news. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald asked him, hey, some fans were saying that Achan hurt his ankle. Um, Can you tell us more? And coach corrected him and said, it's actually his knee and He's getting it checked out, and we'll have more later. Dolphins fans hearing that, given that A-Chan is one of the best running backs in the league now, Dolphins fans had their fingers and toes crossed, hoping that it was nothing extremely serious because Devon A-Chan changes the Dolphins' offense. Then... You wake up this morning and you see the reports that Devon Achan is going to miss multiple weeks. And as a Dolphins fan, and I'm sure the Dolphins organization already knew this, it's a big disappointment. Devon Achan wasn't really somebody you expected much from. You knew the Dolphins liked him, but you couldn't have expected to see what we have the past three weeks. Now that you've seen it and you're going to miss that for many weeks, you're like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? It's a bummer. Devon Achan is so fast. This team is all about speed. We already knew that with the wide receivers. The passing attack of the Dolphins is so dangerous because Tyreek and Jalen are extremely fast. And it puts teams in a bind. How do you cover both of them? They're too fast for a zone. You can't double them both. So the Dolphins have a constant mismatch with one of the fastest players in the league. And you saw that once again this past Sunday when Tyreek had that long touchdown catch in the third quarter. Tua got Tyreek one-on-one on the outside against the rookie corner. And forget it. Well, with the running backs, it's the same deal. Raheem Mostert is really good. Raheem was having a really good season. And then Devon Achan took the field and they started giving him the ball and you were like, wow, Mostert is still really good. As long as he's healthy, he's effective. He's a really good running back. But when you add Devon Achan on top of that, Achan does all the things that Jeff Wilson Jr. does, but more. Achan's speed is game-breaking. The same way defenses can't keep up with Tyreek and Jalen, they cannot account for both Achan and Mostert. Now, it's just going to be Mostert. 
Do I think that hurts the Miami Dolphins? It does, but do I think it hurts them to a level of, oh, geez, they're in huge trouble? No, I don't. Look, for their next game against Carolina, the Panthers are winless. They're hapless and they're hopeless. The Miami Dolphins would win that game with or without A-Chan. It wouldn't matter. But what about after that? Missing multiple weeks is a big issue. It's a big loss. It's not a loss that the Dolphins cannot recover from. I'm not saying the Dolphins will lose football games because Devon Achan is not going to be available. But think about the way you've been winning football games. Think about what a bonus it is to have Devon there. He's an incredible weapon who complements everything they do as an offense. They're a track team. And Achan might very well be the fastest member of that track team. That's why the whole vibe of yesterday's Victory Monday news conference from Mike McDaniel was brought down a little bit. It was brought down a little bit here on the show because of Mario Cristobal, not because of A-Chan. But just concerning the Dolphins, when you win a football game, wins are supposed to be fun. Enjoy the game. You have a few laughs. Spit it ahead to the next game. But right out of the gate yesterday, Mike McDaniel came out with the A-Chan concerns. And then we found out today about the time he's going to miss. So it is a big deal. Is it a crushing blow? No. Uh, But it is a big deal. I said something a minute ago, and I want to go back to that. I said the Dolphins are taking on the Carolina Panthers this week. And with or without A-Chan, it wouldn't matter. The Dolphins are going to win that football game. I said it like no big deal. But the more I think about it, and I want you to think about this, because I'm sure you guys were thinking the same thing. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to beat Carolina. It's been just over a year that Mike McDaniel has been the Dolphins head coach. In just that short amount of time, Mike McDaniel has made it to where the Dolphins have games on their schedule where I or any fan or observer looks at their schedule and looks at their next game and thinks they don't even have to have their best running back. They don't even have to play moderately well to win. It's the Carolina Panthers, and here I am thinking all the Dolphins have to do is show up. If they show up, they're going to win the football game. Carolina's not good. They're pretty bad. And you look at Miami, they're one of the better teams in the entire league. The Miami Dolphins should clearly win this football game. Look at the game they just won against the Giants. They were minus three in turnovers. That's a terrible number. Usually when you're minus three in turnovers, you're going to lose. Especially when your quarterback throws a pick six that's taken over 100 yards. That's a backbreaker. All of that happened, and the Giants never really threatened. The Dolphins ended up winning by two scores. 
And that was on a day where the offense didn't particularly do much. And they still scored more than 30. Think back, because it's that hard to think of a time where the Dolphins would have to play a perfect game and get some help just to get to 31 points. You remember those days. How are they going to score 31? This past Sunday, just two days ago, the Dolphins did not play well. They made a ton of mistakes. They took their foot off the gas, and they still scored more than 30. This offense that we are seeing, it's just next level. And this is awesome because for so long, the Dolphins were boring. It was difficult for them to score. Their offense was always just so, eh, so cookie cutter. And along comes Mike McDaniel. And Tua becomes the next Dan Marino. And Waddle and Hill are the Marx brothers. This team has taken us back to the early 80s with the level of excitement. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. That is why, sure, it's Carolina. Sure, they're not good. But who cares? Who cares? Fans can come to the stadium now just to support the Miami Dolphins. Nothing to do with the opposing team. Just support this excellent offense that we're witnessing. And then Jalen Ramsey will come back, hopefully within the next two months, and that defense will get even better, at least the secondary. Dolphins games are just very exciting now to watch. They're must-see TV. What's also exciting to watch, the gorgeous on the stage and in front of you at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. There's a lot of excitement in South Florida, especially with our football team. Well, there's also a lot of excitement inside the doors at Dean's Gold, and you could be part of it. The reason Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club, that's because the gorgeous ladies that you'll be surrounded by, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible time. You could go to Dean's Gold any day you want. They're open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 in the morning. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard. That's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful ladies who come from all over the world. There's only one building in South Florida you could do that. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. I think the past segment that you heard might have been the longest opening segment I've had here on this show in the history of the show. Some of the segments I give you are a little short. That's because some of the segments I give you are very long. More talk time than you'll hear anywhere else on the local airwaves. Now I just got to try to figure out how long I want to take to discuss the University of Miami football team. Do I want to continue to go on about Mario or do I just want to keep it very short? And that's a sincere question. 
are we all ready to move forward with this or should we talk about it more? Because if fans do want to beat up Mario Moore on what happened, a horrendous decision, I would get it and I would support it. It was a horrible call. It was a terrible lapse in judgment. And it makes me question a lot about Mario Cristobal's ability to lead this program where it needs to go. Sure, nobody wanted to lose to Georgia Tech on Saturday. But let's spin it forward a year or two from now. Let's say it's Florida State the Canes are taking on. Or it's a college football playoff game. And there's some critical decision involving the clock and down and distance. A huge situation where you cannot recruit your way out of it. You can't charm your way out of it. A real decision has to be made and the consequences will be gigantic. Will you trust Mario Cristobal in that situation? If you cannot get taking a knee right where you're going to run a play, and I don't care who called the play, Mario is the head coach. He saw what was happening. He should have seen it. He should have known what was on the clock. He should have known the entire situation. He's the head coach of this football team. If you can't get that right, why would I trust you to get any big decision correct. This wasn't even a big decision. This was an easy decision. This was a no-brainer. So how can he be trusted moving forward? A key situation? You're going to put your faith in Mario? Every single aspect of what we're going to see this Saturday against UNC, I think it's going to say a lot about the University of Miami football team's character. And most importantly, it's going to show how this team feels about Mario. I'm talking about the players, the coaches, the support staff, everyone that has to do with that program. Because this can go one of two ways. Either Mario has lost the locker room And what we'll get in that UNC game Saturday is a Miami team that's going to lie down and just take it. That's a possibility. Or the other possibility is the players love their coach. He had a down moment. And they're going to come out super motivated to try to make things right. Make them right for him. We're almost like after the game, you want to lift them up. I know that sounds nuts, but I hope you understand what I'm getting at here. And I think it's going to be one of those two things. Either I don't believe in our head coach anymore, or man, you made a huge mistake, but we we love you so much, we got you. How this week goes, I believe will go a long way to determining Mario's time as a head coach at UM. Remember game six of the Eastern Conference Finals last year with the Heat in Boston? It was in the Heat's house. There was that horrible buzzer beater. 
The Heat lost in the fractions of a second. And they had to go to Boston for game seven. Because of the way the Heat responded to that situation, because of how well they played in game seven, very few people talk about game six. Yeah, the people in the building remember it because it was an awful loss. But the awfulness was mitigated. It was made less because of what happened next. I bring that up not to say it's the same situation because I don't think what Mario did is ever going to go away. I think that will live on forever. It was the dumbest decision that I've ever seen in any type of football. Professional, college, high school, peewee, Pop Warner, anything. Madden, any video game. I mean, just a horrendous, horrendous decision. And if UM does beat UNC, they'll still have that one loss, and people will always go back to that one game where you take a knee, you win, and now you're still unbeaten. It's not the same situation, but I do bring it up because if the Canes can win at UNC, I think Canes fans will get over it a little bit, not fully, because you're always going to have that, oh gosh, we should be undefeated, but it would set up a primetime game with Clemson, and I'm hopeful that we can get past the conversation of not taking a knee and Canes fans will be able to move on. Because what other choice do you have? There's no fan vote here. It's not like you could take a poll and if the poll suggests fire Mario that Dan Radakovich just fires him. So what other choice do you have? Again, not the same situation as the Heat, but it'll be something I think that will be talked about a little bit less. Now, if Miami is deflated by all of this, if they don't give a good effort, if they've given up on their coach, if UNC carves them up on Saturday, then that moment, it will be on every Canes fan's mind. And in all of our minds, we will be thinking this team doesn't want to play for their coach anymore. One very poor decision could spell the beginning of the end for this Kane season. That is how big it was. A conference game at home, one that you you have in the bag, it's a W. You don't even need to figure out a way to win that game. <laughs> you just take a knee. It's so upsetting when I even think about it and talk about it and it's going to be even more upsetting if the Canes get carved up by UNC on Saturday and then we're all thinking that was just the that was the downfall that was it that was the uh, beginning point that was the beginning of the end and now the UM program is never going to recover I mean I'm sure that's what a lot of people will be saying and I can't blame you if you're going to be thinking that But hopefully the players haven't given up on Mario 
and they will go out there on Saturday and they'll show everyone, hey, we love our coach. He screwed up, but we got this. That's the hope. I don't know that that's going to happen. I would say it probably won't happen, but at least there's some hope. Where that hope is coming from, I don't know, like a fortune cookie or something. You don't need to open up a fortune cookie at Gulfstream Park to win some money. Heck, you could wager as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. Gulfstream Park's got live racing going on every single week right now. It is their sunshine meet. Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, a great place to go for live racing action. When I go to Gulfstream Park, I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. I sit down at a nice table right there in front of all of the racing, live, right in front of me, all of the action. I have a fantastic meal. The people who work at Gulfstream, they'll come around, they'll take your bets. You don't even have to get up. You just get up to go to the bathroom. And like I said, 10 or 20 cents, that's all you have to wager and possibly make thousands of dollars just by wagering something that small. Live racing every single week right now at Gulfstream Park. And if you can't make it out to Gulfstream Park, you could wager from wherever you are in the state of Florida, completely legal to do, download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park. I've been watching some of the baseball postseason. Heck, I saw some of it in person. I was there in Philadelphia. Saw the Marlins two runs. Thankfully, I was able to get two cheesesteaks. I actually got three cheesesteaks because before I went to the airport in Philly, I stopped by Angelo's, who to me had the best cheesesteak out of any cheesesteak I've ever had in my entire life. And I took one to go. Took it on the plane, put it in the oven for a little bit when I got home last week, and it was delicious especially the sesame seeds on the roll. People were writing to me, you can't have sesame seeds on a Philly cheesesteak roll. Get out of here. Got to be this roll. Got to be this hoagie. That was the best cheesesteak I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm telling you, if you're going to Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins and Eagles, go to Angelo's. Call them first. Place your order. It'll be ready in 20 to 25 minutes. You walk in, you grab it. Take it to wherever you want. Eat it. Delicious. Trust me. So good. And it's a good thing I don't live in Philly. I'd weigh like 350 having a cheesesteak every day. So I've been watching some of the MLB postseason, some in person, the majority of it on television. And while the Marlins are out, the Marlins are still making news. I saw this yesterday. Jazz Chisholm Jr. He's having surgery actually today on his turf toe. This was an injury he sustained in May. Now, with this surgery, reportedly, he cannot put on a shoe. He cannot run for three months. That is still well within the Major League offseason. But surgery for Jazz, you got Sandy out all next season. You're going to have other guys who won't be on this club, probably Jorge Soler and Josh Bell. There's a lot going on with this Marlins organization right now. Kim Ang's contract hasn't even been extended yet. Now, there's no reason to believe that the Marlins would not want to keep her, but who knows? 
There could be an option year she's got, but still you would want an extension and you don't want to be a sitting duck. Skip Schumacher, he's only got a two-year deal, so he's entering the final year of his deal. He just got there, and he's already entering the final year of his deal. It's a two-year deal. So I wonder if he'll be extended. There's just a lot going on. And with the Jazz surgery, the fact that he's having this done almost right after his season comes to an end, it makes me wonder if it was impacting him. He made some great plays in center field towards the end of the season and in the postseason. But I just wonder if it slowed him down maybe at the plate. I, I think back to the Panthers when the Panthers season ended and Paul Maurice had his news conference. He was talking about all of these guys being hurt and so many surgeries that are going to have to happen and players were just playing through it. And I think more Marlins key players were probably hurt than we knew about. It's not an excuse. It's just very interesting. You got to realize a lot of these players, they're playing, but they're hurt. Sometimes we're like, oh, gosh, you know, they're not playing great, but they're out there playing, and they're not even near 100%. Just like some of us, we think we know things 100% of the time. We give 100% of the efforts. When it comes to retirement, you might think you've got a plan. Your plan should start by calling Trajan Wealth. Trajan Wealth will help you design a plan based around your goals. And it's not going to cost you anything to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. They're located locally in Palm Beach, and they are there to help you. You might think, there's no way. I'm 100% sure of it. There's no way I can retire anytime soon. Call Trajan Wealth because, again, you might think you know 100% you cannot do it. Trajan Wealth, they will design a plan based around your goals and help you retire early. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. And this is a paid advertisement. Stone Crab season begins in five days from now, and you could win a $100 gift card to Joe's Stone Crab and a Costa Rica vacation. Go to slaterscoops.com and be part of my 14th annual football pick'em challenge. I gave you long segments. That's all the time I've got for this Tuesday. We'll do it again tomorrow. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.